Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome everyone to episode 52. We're around the table at PCA's national office. I'm here with Manny Albin. Damon Lowney, Robert Forsyth is on the computers, and we have PCA's marketing, I'm sorry, advertising, wow. advertising director, <laughs> Ilko Nechev. Oh, you can't hear him. I almost gave you a different title. Oh, yeah, I can't hear him. Yeah, no kidding. There he is. Oh, there, we go. there you go. So before we get started, just be sure if you're enjoying the episode, give us a like, a comment, and of course, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube channel, we're... Uh, we're doing pretty well there. It seems like we're almost close to 70,000 subscribers. And Getting there. 68-something, I believe, last time I looked. Yep. So we're on our way to 100,000. Each and every one of you that are listening and watching can contribute and help us out. Uh, let's see. Hot off the presses, let's talk about the classic club coupe. You want to take it? Oh, yeah. You're the one who uh, <laughs> knew, knew all the news about it. Yeah. So we're pretty excited. Uh, the Classic Club Coupe, which we introduced at Amelia Island last year, has uh, gone on a road tour for most of 2022. And as you know, the car was destined to be auctioned. And uh, we are here to announce that on June 10th at the PEC Atlanta, it will finally go to auction. Um, at no reserve with uh, Broad Aero Group. Yeah, we all get to drive it first, right? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Right now. So, you know, moving it around and, and on its little road trip, uh, not road trip, but road tour last year, it has accumulated a total of 300 miles. So it's pretty much as new. Ooh, yeah, two yep. of those miles. <laughs> two of those miles moving it from <laughs> like the, the fairway to wherever. Um, so yeah, so, um, along with the classic uh, club coupe, there'll be probably another 50 or 60 other Porsches that'll be auctioned. Uh, last time we were at uh, PEC Atlanta at a similar auction that was for Project Gold. What I liked was how we were all uh, so off in the uh, what we thought they were. We had no confidence. When, when, when we are had, we on? We had no confidence that they would sell for what they sold for. Not that we didn't have confidence. We, we just, weren't even close. <laughs> it's not that we weren't confident. We just, I mean, sometimes it's just very hard for me to grasp, grasp like how much these cars can potentially fetch just because it's so far from my world, right? Like Sally Carrera, to we were totally off with that one. Project Gold, we were totally off with it. And it's but even during the uh, the um, the one they did in Atlanta, just as for fun, we were sitting with uh, Boris and uh, Alex Fabig, and we were going through the um, you know, the catalog, right? Uh, just guessing which car would as it would come up next, what it would sell for, and we were like, terrible. We're, just, we're terrible, we're terrible. We, we were underbidding, so at least in the Price is Right, we'd still be in the game. But uh, yeah, we but I think off. I think we always underbid because we hope that it goes that low, yeah. that it's potentially within our reach. But man, yeah. most of these cars. So which are Project well. Gold was it? The newer car or the nine nine three? That so you were Pro surprised about uh, the Project, only Project, Gold. Project Gold was the one that was where they had a leftover chassis, so to speak. Okay, and so then, it was the older they, one. Was and Project then they Gold. and then they finished finished the car. Yeah, gosh, yeah. nine nine three that was shown at uh, Rensport reunion. 
that you couldn't register anywhere. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I mean. That's right. That's what I thought was um, I had forgotten I mean, whether Project Gold was the newer car that kind of went along with it. But no. that 993, you couldn't drive it. So I no. was thinking, no. why would no, you buy a 993? The one that went along with it was called a, um, it wasn't called Project Gold. It was, uh, yeah, it was something oh, else. It, it was the, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's sort of the car that you got it before the car was exclusive, something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exclusive yeah. series. Um, but here's the, here, here's the thing. All right, so we're we're not going to predict numbers because we're just going to embarrass ourselves. But but what I want to talk about is really, and I, I might have you know PCA goggles or whatever, but the classic club coupe to me is more special than say Project Gold and or Sally Carrera, in, in a number of ways. One is you know the nine nine six that we chose was completely disassembled and redesigned with Porsche Classic with Grant Larson it has you know it has options on it that has never been available to any other 996 it's you know was wind tunnel tested they actually had a second sort of Frankenstein car that they were working on to kind of develop the stuff that the was museum GT3 <laughs> the museum GT3 <laughs> but the it's, Frankenstein <laughs> it's it's got a brand new GT3 powertrain um it's got brand new gt3 everything's brand brand new right and and it's not just like a, a pretty you know again not to be disrespectful but you know some of the cars out there you know are more of a trim and color and da 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 the classic club coupe is unique in so many ways and it truly is a one-of-one car and you can drive it it's it's uh qualified for all 50 states and the world can bid on it because i think sally carrera only uh u.s people uh, u.s buyers could buy it um so i mean i think it's gonna you know so you don't have to be a pca member to bid on this uh for the classic club coupe you do have to be I was a say, PCA member. that's a lot of money coming in this uh, <laughs> yeah for a non-profit for a non-profit exactly <laughs> so um you do have to be a member in broad arrow group or pca obviously we'll, we'll sign them up we'll right sign then you up. i mean a 46 dollar <laughs> entry fee to possibly bid on a one-of-one one car i don't think that's much of an for issue for those listening yeah. of with uh non-profits in the irs if you're a member that's t- that's you differently income than if you're a non-member. That's why our raffles are only sold to members. Exactly, it's a whole different sort of business situation when you have a you know non non-member. Income so the, the thing that's going to be tough if you're trying to compare it to Project Gold or Sally Carrera, they both had something in common that we don't have, and they had the charity component. Right. So. Uh, Ours is going back into the club. Right. Uh, we're not a charity. Uh, we're a nonprofit, but not a charity. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, it'll be interesting to see how much that uh, detracts some people from bidding who may be look, looking to write it off. Uh, but I, I agree with you 100% as far as the importance of the car. Um, I was just telling Damon, by the time this comes out, you'll um, be able to read this on uh, online. But my tech tips is talking about how one person will claim uh, – be able to have the trilogy of sport mm-hmm. classics. Exactly. But this is a really the prequel to the 997 done with, uh, the blessing, if you will, the input of Boris Aberdink, who was uh, the project manager for the original sport classic. And the EC wanted to see, wanted to create something that was kind of like the prequel to the sport classic with the ducktail, the double bubble roof, but in a 996 generation. So, uh, I think from a collector point of view, uh, this car will be very significant, uh, whoever, um, yeah, and, and, you know, little things. You might just say a ducktail was added. Well, 
to fit a ducktail properly to a 996, I mean, brand new sheet metal had to be done. Talking about a double bubble roof for the classic club coupe, somebody could have just simply put a skin on top of a regular roof, but no, the roof that is on the 996 is a true double bubble roof. Oh, and by the way, you know, it's, it's road legal and you know, they, they had to jump through so many hoops and, uh, and such to, to make sure that this car would be able to come back and be driven in all 50 states and all over the world for that matter. And it's, it's a, a, a technological marvel compared and to the color the is the mm-hmm. same as the debut of the 992 sport class. Right. Color. So it's a, it's a blend, right? It's a blend of the original car and the new car. And when we, when we were in the middle of developing this car, we had originally intended for it to be the same color as the original car. But then they said, you might want to consider this new sport gray metallic. And uh, they didn't call it, they didn't let us know it was called sport gray metallic, but they said, there's this gray that there's this metallic. And, um, you know, we kind of guessed that it might be the new sport classic color, which it is. So it bridges, you know, so many elements from the original as well to the new car. And of course, it has accents of, PCA's Club Blau. Tastefully done, might I add. And we don't know yet if this auction is going to be uh, live streamed? Um, I don't know about live stream, but I I would imagine that it's going to be, they, they have bidders from all over the world, so it's got to be streamed somehow for them to to be a part of it, I would think. I don't know if it's like live as in the public will be able to see it, or you have to register and you get a we'll certain find feed. Out. But, well, we certainly can yeah, we'll find, out. find out. Sure. If not, we can sit uh, Bog- Bogdan on the... Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the balcony. The, so, so I've never really been involved in sort of this level of auction. And there's a lot of details. Obviously, you know, being in the catalog for the auction, you know, trying to paraphrase how significant this car is within a few pages. And then, you know, wondering about what order. The car will be presented during the day of the auction. Uh, the auction is on a Saturday. You know, does it go at the beginning? Does it go in the middle? Does it go at the end? What car comes before it? What car comes after it? I mean, it truly is like I got to give it to the folks at Broad Arrow. It is a true science to make sure that the rhythm of the auction is on point so that not only our car does well, but all the other cars that they represent does does equally as well what uh what car are we going to be we're not going to be the first car auction off i don't think so i want I at least so. three or four drinks and people before <laughs> they start to... well i mean I, I you know again i think the people so some people believe they know who's going to build out of the car right like you said there's there's people that have two of the sport classics so it would only make sense that you know if they want to be the only one that has the trio and there can't be more than you know, a couple, maybe half dozen or people. Uh, well, the amount of press that. it's gotten. I remember somebody asked me one time uh, when we were um, debuting the 60th Club Coupe at Daytona mm-hmm. at the uh, 24 Hours, and they asked why it was, why are you making such a big deal about this car? They're making 60. He said, I have a car. They've only made one of five, mm-hmm. and it was some exclusive edition. And he goes, you know, mine's more rare. Yeah. And you know, I told him, I said, well. Yeah, but yours doesn't have all this press following it like these the sixties right, has. Right. So odds are most people have no idea what your car is compared to the sixties. So this car has the fact that it had so much press coverage. And there's only one, and there yes. will never be another. And if you want it, this is your opportunity to get it. Opportunity to get it at no reserve. So uh, obviously, I will not have a chance to own this car. But did they ever make a? Uh, toy version of this 118th or 143rd we had considered making a 143rd scale of the car 
but with the timeline of last year and all that was going on, there was never one made. So we dropped the ball. Uh, no, we didn't drop the ball. We decided <laughs> not to do I it. I hear the ball. I hear the noise of a ball bouncing. <laughs> I would trust me if if there was an opportunity for us to have either a one eighteenth scale or a one forty third scale, I definitely would. And it's still not too late to do it. Yes, um, I, I would. Uh, anyone out there with mini champs? Yes. Um, I would love. I'm sure to us collectors would love to see a one forty third. Yeah, let us let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments, would you be interested in a classic club coupe, either 143rd scale or 118th scale? We can make it happen. Um, you know, there's a there's a commitment of a lot size and stuff like that. But, yeah, we so. We know we have, the people at Mini Champs, they can do it for us. Yeah, we have a 60th. As long as there's demand for it. I have the 60th. I don't have. We don't have. Remember no. we saw. Remember we saw a fiftieth. Yes, that, that is my my uh, my holy grail. So at Atlanta, before they moved over to PEC, they rented an office building, and they um, on one of the floors I think was marketing. They had, and, in, and in that they had a one eighteen scale model, the fiftieth Club Coupe, handmade, handmade in a plastic case. And every time we visited, I would tell Paul Gregor. I, I want that model. When you, when you <laughs> move, when you move, let us know what happens to that. And they yeah. moved. And no one knows what happened. Some, it's sitting in somebody's house right now. Someone mm. swiped it. Someone swiped it. And it was not only the car in a little bubble display, but also had like a 50th anniversary sort of like, um, you know, big sign behind. Oh, it's like, it was like the perfect display for that car. And it's disappeared someday. 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 Somebody. Maybe one of our commenters has uh, seen it on eBay in the past few years. No, I've looked. <laughs> I've, I've got, I've, I've maybe, looked. Maybe when whoever has it passes away. Right. <laughs> and the, and the, uh, Comes back. And the family doesn't know what it is. I and, just I just hope it didn't, you know, one of those things where when people move offices, it just gets tucked mm-hmm. in a box. And then people say, oh, it's just a toy car. and just chucked it. Oh, I oh. knew people that worked for PCNA that took home a lot of stuff that was being thrown away. Yeah. And I'd see him at the uh, swap meets, uh, particularly the swap meet that uh, Ilko is going to tell us about out in L.A. <laughs> You'd see stuff that was only stuff that if you were working with Porsche and had access. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they, you know, when there's times when they just have so much of boxes and boxes and they got to clear things out. I mean, I would I would have a hard time working at Porsche because all that stuff would somehow end up in my garage because I wouldn't have the heart to throw it in a dumpster. But they got to like drill through things and like take pictures of it going into the dumpster and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Yep. All right. So, um, can I ask something real quick before we move on? Sure. Is there a, a public location where the um, club, the classic club coupe, would be seen before the auction? Are, are they bringing it to Amelia Island again? Or yes, it's going to be plan? at Amelia. I think they're going to have mm-hmm. one evening where it's going to be at Porsche of Jacksonville. And then mm. they're going to be bringing it over to the Broad Arrow um, auction area at the Ritz during uh, the weekend of Amelia Island. Nice. So you can definitely. Oh, see good. It so again. people people can see it. Yeah. Yep. Last yep. time. And I think that's that's probably going to be the last time people are going to see it because they're going to bring it back to PEC Atlanta and just kind of tidy everything thing up and get it in perfect shape. So it sounds like by the time people hear this podcast, it's already gone. It's already gone. Yep. Yep. Next time you'll see it will be June 10th. June 10th. That was my other question. Oh, you know what? I take that back. You might see it uh, for those that have the opportunity or have been invited to go to the uh, Porsche Classic 
um, the new building uh, aside from PEC Atlanta they have a they have like a grand opening the end of March and I've got to imagine that the classic Club Coupe will be on display there so maybe some people get another glimpse before the auction cool. but definitely after that the car goes kind of in lockdown and they go through it with a fine tooth comb and get it ready for the auction all right Ilko um, I know yeah. you're going to be talking about uh your your rain and the lit show a little bit later but uh any car stuff besides that the last weekend car stuff um just driving my station wagon <laughs> <laughs> mostly mostly that and uh my my boxster spider i'm thinking about whether i should sell it or whether i should put a set of white wheels on it powder coat the wheel wet yeah you know you know how i feel about that so i know you love white wheels yeah and you know how i love not getting rid of things so i'm definitely going to push you towards getting white wheels (laughs) sell sell the spider with the perfect power to weight ratio the best suspension from a factory porsche man he's not Uh, where have i heard that before yeah (laughs) (laughs) the only thing about his spider that and and i know i'm going to get slammed for this because it is a great sounding car, but he has no soundtrack while he's driving. It's just him and the air and the sound of the exhaust. And I get it. I mean, I love the sound of exhaust, but he got no tunes in that car, man. No tunes. He's you got. See? A, he, you see? he took out the radio and he actually put a, he put a box in there so that he can put his wallet. I'm like, come on. He man. must be a true car enthusiast. No, no, no. <laughs> Air, life should have a soundtrack. When you listen to, when you watch a movie, the movie is better because of the soundtrack. And I get the exhaust can be a soundtrack but not the only soundtrack. so i have to give ilko kudos for for doing that because when i was in my early 20s i would be all about it but nowadays i've got to have npr <laughs> so <laughs> that is not a reason the soundtrack, to the soundtrack of your life yeah. that is not a reason to put a stereo in your car npr my headphones are good enough uh, well that's not his daily driver so i yeah. I, I agree with what Ilko's doing i mean that's uh if it was your daily driver, that's one thing, and you had a long commute. But uh, every car uh, needs to have a stereo. I I'm disagree sorry. with that one hundred percent. Every car needs to have a stereo. My nine fourteen, I think, just one speaker is working now, and it's, it's a, all you uh, need. It's, it's all a, you need. One speaker. <laughs> it's a little AM FM radio that usually came in Volkswagen Beetles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't need it. I got plenty of sound coming from behind me. So you don't listen to even the little speaker in your nine fourteen one? No, I don't. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So so that's you, Ilko, and, and Jim. Never Jim, have the radio Jim on. Jim never listens to the radio. I listen. No, I, no, my, no, 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 that's not how I said that. And my daily driver. Oh yeah, you listen. My to daily stuff. driver. Yeah, yeah. I listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar to NPR yeah. in the fact that it's not music. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, our marketing uh, director he uh, he never turns the radio on. He really? he listens to the the music of the engine every time he drives any of his cars. I mean that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. But man. Yeah, it's like, devoted. Like I recently watched a uh, Motley Crue <laughs> documentary. So lately, I've been driving with Motley Crue as as my uh, <laughs> as nice. my symphony. Even when I'm driving the Odyssey. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, how about how about you, Manny? I did a regular cars and coffee. It was still cold. Still people coming out. Uh, still a few Porsches. And I'm still in the uh, moving all my uh, storage stuff, oh. my, which you know made me think of Ilko because I'm thinking he's out at the lit meet, and uh, within a couple of years I'll probably be taking a bunch of my literature because wow, I have a, I think literally a ton of literature 
uh, that I've accumulated over uh, since I was 18. Um, you know, going to dealers and picking up a brochure or a, uh, a poster or something uh, and just putting it in a um, container. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going through it and seeing a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of stuff that uh, has age. You've, you've always talked about your collection of items, um, you know, stored away at, at the office, the other office that you uh, your family office. And, I, you know, I don't really know the size of all of it. Right. So, somebody drilling or something. Oh, no. That's the um, that's the people doing the yards outside. Um, anyways, but to see what you brought home that literally filled up his living room. That was not even 5%. No way. Oh, really? Yeah. What I saw in the living room was not even 5%? That was probably like uh, six or seven containers. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of stuff. So what's, what was the end goal? Like it got, I mean, we all have the collecting bug, right? But, you know, over the years, um, you know, I've gotten rid of more stuff. You know, all the stuff that I've gained, you know, as family members passed away and all that. And I, for me... Having that much stuff would make me anxious. <laughs> you know what? I'm, you know what? That's that's cool that you can get rid of stuff. Like I have a problem. It I'm wasn't not, easy. It's not yeah, easy. I mean, like I have magazines I should get rid of, like stacks. But yeah, but yeah. boxes or rooms, you know. Um, I know. I know. Well, I I will say that I have definitely slowed down. Like I'm mm-hmm. not actively collecting or buying as many 118 scales like there was a time where you know any given week i would buy a collection of 118 mm-hmm. scale cars or i'd buy two or three you know every time i'd like travel somewhere i'd get one or something like that but now it's like it's got to be yeah. well, you super tre- special you or treat smoking it, price you could treat it as almost like you know once you're tired of them or we get old enough it's kind of extra retirement money is that kind of the goal uh, in a sense or are you gonna know. keep it i don't know and, no, i don't just know. buy stock <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I mean, uh, because I can tell you right now, uh, in the collecting world, uh, things change, people's yeah. interests change, and yeah. you can talk to Beanie Baby people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, comic book people. What um, about people that collect like spoons? <clears throat> like they yeah. used to travel. It's and the joy spoons. of the hunt, then, right? The joy of the hunt, and then enjoying yeah. it. It's uh, I display. It. So what got me to start uh, doing this was um, I, I uh, didn't want to leave my wife with having to get rid of the stuff mm. and it's a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. obviously you don't think you're going to die um i know it's going to be a little sooner than it is for other people so i want, don't want to leave it with her uh and have to uh mm. you know have to we, put that extra Ma- burden manny and i have made a pack so if something <laughs> happens to me he's totally got to educate loanne on what we have and then if something happens to manny i totally <laughs> have to Vice educate person. roxanne <laughs> on what he has and really what he has is worth nothing and it should just all come to me yeah right <laughs> Yeah, that's what you'll say at least. <laughs> just kidding, dude. Just kidding. I, I will sell. Just kidding. Uh, just my kidding. goal is to sell everything I have in storage, mm-hmm. and then dis- display stuff maybe in about ten years, mm-hmm. um, or eight years, depending on how things go. <laughs> <laughs> I just read a study. I was reading to Roxanne about survival rates, and I'm like, holy crap! It says fifteen years, fifty percent survival rate. And I said, I'm already like seven years into the fifteen. Oh, oh man! Yeah, talk right. about uh. So anyways, uh, you know, I, I, um, I love, I love collecting. 
not, not uh, I don't, I'm not the kind of collector who wants to complete a series or something. Mm-hmm. If it catches my eye, yeah, because it's like art to me. I love looking at my toy mm-hmm. cars on on display. Uh, literature is kind of cool to look at. It's just hard to display. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and you find yourself, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to buy this, and then you keep on buying it and buying it, and then yeah. suddenly you're like in the situation I am, where you have a bunch and and containers and. Uh, I've totally stopped on posters. Like I literally yeah. have not a square inch of room to do any posters. If you look at the posters out, like in my basement and stuff like that, you can tell that I've I stopped like in two thousand eight. Yeah. I just, unless I Too take much. unless I take stuff down, which I don't want to do because they're nicely framed. Yeah. To put something else up, then it's just yeah. The thing I'm a sucker for is anything nine fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So if I see something nine fourteen, I'll still buy it. Yeah. Um, toy or uh, some literature I don't have, but luckily there is. They only made the car uh, for six years. So there's not a whole wide range of stuff to buy, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a whole lot of toys in the big picture that they made. Uh, but yeah, it can get out of control pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, I mean, again, I you know, I I still display the stuff because I like it, and I take them out and I look at them, whatever. But I'm not getting to be. I'm just I've just slowed down a bit. But can we tell them about um, the upcoming Tech Tactics Live that has to? Yeah, do it's with a coffee? perfect plug. Yeah, yeah, uh, March fifteenth, I think. Or was it was March eighth. Should have put it on the upcoming events. Um, no, fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. So in up in upcoming Tech Tactics Live, we're gonna have uh, someone that probably collects on an even crazier level than Manny and I, and that's uh, past president Prescott Kelly. Mm. And uh, Ooh, he, he's, nice. he's got some. He's he's uh, one of the founders of the Lit Meet, which in the video I think we mm-hmm. uh, we introduced him. But uh, yeah, he's gonna pull out some. He didn't sell everything. You know, we all keep a couple of things behind. And so he's going to share with us some really cool things that he's collected over the years. And maybe Manny and I will grab a couple of things where we either think it's cool or something that is, you know, uh, everybody can collect. Actually, I was wrong. It was March 22nd. I oh, was March really 22nd. Off. I thought it was the oh, okay. 15th, but it's March, March 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, Prescott uh, was the co-founder of the uh, Lit Meet that uh, Elko was going to talk about. And... Um, yeah, I, I thank God the Lit Meet isn't on the East Coast because I would spend so much money. <laughs> it is, yes, uh, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, last year, was it last year that I went, Oka? You last came year. in last year last and year. you've been there before once yeah. also prior to COVID. I've got to say, I, I was very good, right? Did, I don't think I bought anything. I, I don't think you can right. appreciate most of the stuff there. You're well, not that deep into the history to yeah. really thank get goodness. The, I know, right? Thank goodness because there is. <laughs> I don't there think I would make it past really the first row. Parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A I lot mean, of especially really when old it, uh, like the parts. Like I have no use for super early car parts. I don't own a super early car, right? And like and like brochures. <laughs> says the guy, he, he's says, forgetting he owns a nine fourteen. Says the guy with the three fifty six engine <laughs> <laughs> and a, a nine fourteen. Oh crap! <laughs> that he paid to have rebuilt. I just walked into that <laughs> one. Damn you guys! Damn you guys! Now we reminded I you. I do have a reason to no, buy no, those I things don't, now. I don't have an early car. <laughs> yeah. I have an early engine and an early yeah. hood, but I don't have an early yeah. car. There's a little bit of a difference. Anyways, but yeah, yeah it's, it's still very cool to see all that stuff, but. A lot of it doesn't apply to me, right? So, mm-hmm. well, it'd be really cool is to have someone like Prescott um, walk around and tell you because some of the stuff you walk by and don't realize. Oh yeah, yeah. How He's rare this is, or the story behind it. He's like the perfect docent, right? To to the lit meet because, like you said, you can't appreciate the art unless you know behind what it's for, and he he definitely will That's walk why us through that. Any swap meet when you're in person, this is what eBay can't replicate. But even the uh, Hershey slash Carlisle swap meet that's coming up in April. Um, 
you, when you find a fellow collector and you start geeking out over the smallest oh. thing, you know, it, you feel like you found someone uh, like a long lost uh, love or something like th- someone can share the same enthusiasm about this thing that, uh, uh, it, you know, if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. Now that, that, that particular, uh, that particular meat, that swap meat, uh, I can do some damage there. Yeah. There's definitely stuff that apply to me there. Yeah. How about you? Um, anything fun? It's tough for me to remember what I did last week or the week before, oh, how busy we've old. been. Um, but we, we did do the, we filmed the Project 964 suspension install, um, which was really cool to see. Um, if you're that listening was actually to this, the last podcast. It was, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> that was that two weeks ago now? I know. I was going over pictures of David, and I'm like, same way. Oh, I'm man. Like, it's all jumbling together. I know we together. talked about this. So, <laughs> wait, when did we record? It was on the 22nd last week, right? And then we did the suspension well, on... No, we did the suspension on Monday. Monday. Oh, my God. I yeah. can't even... Wow. Yeah. No, it's it's getting busy. But well, you um, did get to do the one-mile review. Or the, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Was it called a one-mile review? Or is it called a comparison? Or uh, It'll be a one-mile review. So uh, I was going to get into that as well, actually. But... Um, on Sunday, um, I drove a 2022 718 Cayman GT4 and a 2016 Cayman GT4 back to back. And not all of our, and this is going to be for a one mile review, it, the format's going to change a little bit. So instead of being 30% intro and kind of a, a brief walk around of the car and then 70% driving and ratings, it'll be more 50% of the former, 50% of the latter adding in some some uh, market details and historical context of the car. So a little bit longer video. Uh, we want to put a little bit more meat onto those videos that hopefully our subscribers and you guys will enjoy. Um, so here's a comparison video. We'll still drive the car for roughly a mile, but it'll be back-to-back. And you can expect to see both single-car one-mile reviews, a little bit more in-depth perhaps kind of one-mile reviews, and then comparison tests where it makes sense. So I think... 718 GT4 versus the first-gen GT4 is a pretty legitimate uh, comparison test because, you know, why are they different? On paper, they're very similar. They're both naturally aspirated. Flat sixes, uh, the power-to-weight ratio is similar because the weight went up in the later car versus the early. Um, And you really have to drive those cars back-to-back, which I found out, um, to really know what you're getting. Um, And first thing I can say is, they're almost exactly the same. It's the small details mm. that separate them. Yeah. Um, clutch pedal is a little bit heavier and nicer in the first GT4. Um, the steering is more precise in the 718. Mm. Um, there's more mid-range in the 718. Uh, but overall, you know, very similar cars. And you really, we want to really delve into these details to help um, people perhaps choose which one's right for them. So, uh, yeah, expect... More in-depth one-mile reviews and comparison one-mile reviews, uh, and that's what I did on Sunday. So uh, okay. it was a fun time. So I know. Are uh, we planning to? I'm sorry. No, just go ahead. Go ahead. Wondering if, if we're planning to keep doing those weekly or since oh, yeah. they're so more. Oh yeah. So next thing I should say is, um, if you notice there wasn't a one-mile review on Saturday this past Saturday, that's because it'll be bi-weekly at this point uh, because there'll be more in-depth. Uh, a bit longer videos with better mm-hmm. uh, videography. So the next one will actually be not the most exciting car, but a good car to start out with and try the new format out. And that'll be a 2023 Cayenne, Pl- or no, it's a 22 Cayenne Platinum Edition. So uh, not the most exciting car, but one that I think a lot of our members um, could potentially enjoy as a daily driver. Mm. So then next one after that will be on the 25th of March. So bi-weekly from now on out. 
All right, I know you had some cold weather in SoCal, Ilko, but here in Maryland on Saturday, we got a little stretch of warm weather, about 50, 55 degrees we hit. So for me, it was um, dragging my youngest out to the garage, and we did the oil change in the Cayenne, as well as the uh, the Odyssey, and uh, all the that Photo looks like he's he's happy there, but waking him up, <laughs> he wasn't so happy about. Oh, that photo says, wait until you're an old man, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Cheapest but... nursing home I can find. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, once once his, uh, his, his, he's all warmed up, he actually does have a lot of fun uh, getting getting his hands dirty. So we did that. You guys and... are getting some weather, though, now, right? Uh, at yeah, least I saw New York is getting rainy, some snow. raining and we're used to the rain yeah, that's nothing yeah. big to us this has been a really really warm not yeah. snowy winter this is the warmest winter in the past nine years i've lived here yeah pretty yeah. sure i'm not complaining yeah. i'm not complaining it's been raining but it's not nearly as cold as it should be yeah all right so let's jump right into the lit meet all right so we released a video about a month ago on last year's event uh, where Vu had his Botox lips oh, for dude, everyone really, to see. You're going to go there. It was, it was uh, a well, reaction, you, people. Uh-huh. When in L.A. Uh -huh. so, is, that a, is that a Botox stomach? Or is yeah. that... <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I could take that one a little further, but I, I don't think we are. That's terrible. <laughs> there will be a lot of editing on this episode. Exactly. <laughs> So the Lit Meets, uh, it's actually called the L.A. Lit and Toy Show. It's uh, Prescott Kelly and a few of his buddies started it many years ago, and they decided to take it to Chicago in February. It, and uh, it didn't work out there. So then, then they moved it to Los Angeles and the uh, Hilton Hotel by LAX, which uh, was really just a, a show for people to bring whatever old stuff they had on cars that they were not using or um, just toys and uh, booklets, etc. And it grew into a whole long weekend, which starts on Thursday. And the photos that you see here are from the first event of the, the weekend. It's at the Sierra Madre collection in uh, Pasadena. They have a, they put together a great event with usually over a hundred cars on display and raffle prizes dj foods um vendors etc but this year as you can see the weather did not cooperate so we had um, fewer cars showed up but just as much enthusiasm that uh, people showed by uh, coming in and uh, on one of the earlier photos you see a, a boxster spider that is uh, does not have its uh, rear apron so uh, the, the owner decided not to fully insulate the car <laughs> Huh. Uh, from the elements. So it starts with the Sierra Madre collection on um, Thursday morning. Um, they also have a few other shops open uh, on Thursday. Uh, but uh, this year, I ended up uh, going with Charles Navarro and uh, Stephen from uh, Ellen Engineering. They both grew up in that area, actually, even though they live in Chicago now. So uh, the, we ended up going to this really nice hole-in-the-wall um, Lebanese restaurant called the Sahara, oh, yeah. just down the street. And, Boo, you've been there. Oh, yeah. So Good stuff. We, 
we did that and there was another shop that was open uh but it, it was all the way down in orange county which the, the traffic was really bad um heading down in that direction especially with the rain i mean literally that that morning i was there around 10 o'clock 10 30 and the skies opened up and it was hail it wasn't even rain it was hail mm-hmm. um coming from from the sky and the the uh, mountain right above pasadena was covered in snow i mean literally the, the the line was much lower than i've ever seen it it was very cold too so yes go ahead no i was just gonna say in california i, I lived there uh most of you know my youth you know over the summers and holidays and when there's any bit of moisture on those freeways and they're not used to having to worry about tread depth <laughs> on their yeah. tires right and if there's yeah. any sort of moisture on the freeways it just creates havoc. Well, the I big mean, thing is it rains so little that when it does get wet for that first hour or so, it's super, super, super slick. I know. I see. I see a lot of cars that have no uh, wipers on them, <laughs> which I was always been jealous about. But knowing that they don't get much rain, I can understand why. I grew up in San Diego, and I remember it hailing. I think it was my junior or senior year of high school um, once, and it covered uh, the grass in the field out there. So it's <laughs> once in the whole time yeah. I lived out there. So did you see anything? Uh, so I think um, Tony Callis' shop was it open this year as well? One so yes, so that was that's that's on Friday, mm-hmm. and for the most part, uh, all the shops are open on the same day every year. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for not taking detailed photos this time because I had been to several of these events in the past, and uh, in better weather, there is a picture of Tony right there. Okay. Yep. In the background, uh, in better in better weather, I, I would take more pictures. And this is Pelican Parts, nice. um, but um, it was for for me. It was just a, an event to to go to and, and visit with clients and visit with friends. Uh, but uh, I didn't expect to be on the podcast, obviously, because Manny texted me on Saturday morning saying, "Hey, are you at the lit meet?" And <laughs> I said, uh, "Well, who wants to know?" <laughs> Because <laughs> usually I'm I'm with uh, a phone bidder named Vu yeah. who's looking for pillows or other things. <laughs> oh, look at that nine six four. There's a picture of a ruby ruby stone. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap. White, that's a wrap. That's beautiful white, with yeah, white wheels. Yeah, but the white wheels. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. you took a photo of it. Now, for those of you yeah. that don't know, not only are the shops open, but folks that are signed up for the lit meet, there's there's a bus right. There's a bus that you can take around. And drop off at all of these different shops that are open. So it's not like so all the shops have they have their own drive. schedule. Yeah, yeah, they have their own schedule for um, for the weekend. And um, so Stoddard actually purchased the uh, lit meet a few years ago, and they've done a great job as a steward of the event. They uh, they work with the shops on their schedules too, so they are all lined up. Um, they organize the bus tours, as you said to different shops. They start on Thursday and then Friday and Saturday, and even on Sunday, they, they, uh, they put them together. Uh, they also offer uh, discounted hotel, uh, hotel rates. So it's, it's not something to do only if you live in LA, but if you wanted to come from out of town and spend a weekend in usually sunny California in February, it's, it's a great way to do it. And as a matter of fact, I saw, uh, some of our friends from the Connecticut Valley region, Rob and his, his son, uh, Mike had come over. Um, it was, 
a birthday gift uh, for for Rob from Mike and his uh, and his mom for for the event. So they took a bus and they had a great time. Tom Pravasi, our uh, works reunion chair, he was on one of the bus tours. It was his first time at uh, at the lit meet, and you know what a big uh, Porsche fan and, and uh, uh, how long Tom has been in, in um, PCA. So they, they took the, the bus and uh, they had a great time. But um, a lot of the shops are open. So Thursday was Sierra Madre. Friday was uh, Callis Rensport. Then we went to Pelican uh, Parts, who have a great facility where Wayne's garage is open. You can see all the 962s. You can see the uh, some of the other cars that he has on display, 356s, 914s. Uh, we then went to uh, John Wilhoyt shop, uh, who is a famous restorer of 356s. He had a, a number of cars on display, as, as well as a new, new parts that they develop for the 356s. Uh, Auto Kennel was another place that uh, we went to. That's where that the picture of the um, um, uh, car with the white wheels was. And Auto Kennel is near. It's it's dear to my heart because. Uh, Paul from Autocannel sold me my first nine, uh, uh, 944 Turbo uh, when I was uh, new into Porsche. And it was the first Porsche that I bought from him almost 20 years ago. So I see, and then, that, uh, uh, I see that there's a there was a photo that just flashed Jeff Zwart. Now, I'm, I'm yes. sort of happy and I'm sort of sad because last year, Jeff Zwart had a wind tunnel model. And Did I, not have a I, wind tunnel model now. And... I was like two steps too far, and mm. Sean Cridlin actually bought it. Oh, within fair. two steps wow. of me getting to it, and I'm I'm sad and happy because I'm sad I didn't get it, but I'm happy I didn't fork over the money How for much a one for it. He like I I mean I think it Jeff was is more, very reasonable. He's very, very reasonable. reasonable. I, I won't say the yes. price, but I will say I'll say you, the price. You, 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 what's reasonable? I have no idea what a wind tunnel model would go for. I, how much would you? How, let's, how, what car was it? It was the um, nine sixty two. And was it a true factory museum? Uh, it was the size of the, almost the size of this coffee table. But that, but you, oh, wow. when you say wind tunnel, are you sure it was actually? It, um, was it in the wind tunnel or White Sox, or was it just a model? Made? I think it was just a model. It, 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 it that changes everything. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But I mean, it was. It was. It was not one of those wooden wind tunnel models. It was one of those plastic or fiberglass ones. I would say because the LA Lit Show tax, probably like four thousand. That's what I thought it should be, but I think he let it go for like just over a thousand. Wow! I know, Ooh, right? Boy, you got to start exercising more. <laughs> oh, now he's encouraging there. me. Now he's encouraging me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it, it was a price where I was just like, oh. but it's all right. That's all right. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I just... Oh, no worries. No worries. So as I was saying, the the shops are open uh, Thursday and Friday on Saturday morning. The main event is the actual lit meet at the LAX Hilton in the ballroom, where, um, as you saw, the photos of uh, different memorabilia, books, uh, models, etc. I even uh, bought something. What'd you buy? Oh, yeah! I, think I had that. 
I think I have that too. I think I know who you, who you bought that from, and I know he does uh, that for yes, a living. Exactly, <laughs> he does that for a living, and he lives he lives locally. And yeah. I was ninety percent sure that I had one at home, yeah. but I, I I wanted I just it looks so oh. nice. I you know I, I didn't mind owning it twice. Did you have one? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I got home. I did so, not. Oh, that's so true. because yeah. not everyone's watching the pictures, we gotta describe what you held up. Oh, of course, yes. It's, so it's the um, it's the uh, booklet for the 997 GT3 RS 4.0. The hardback booklet. The hardback. The hardback. Yeah, yes, the key. hardback booklet. It's it's a it's a really yeah, it's um, a a special. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, for it, one of the best car. The car Ilko wishes he had. Everybody <laughs> yes. wishes they had yeah, this. Yeah, me too. One. Me Everybody too. Wishes they had. <laughs> wishes, yeah. Exactly. This is that's the goat right there. Yeah. Ah, yeah. There, and that's that's what. Uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, at after the lit meets with a you croissant. Got away, my you got away pretty, pretty, pretty easy because uh, there's there's a lot to potentially buy. So you went home with a with a book, not bad. And and yes, and this is a picture of um, Bruce Schwartz, who's the CEO of Stoddard. They are the ones who organized the event. I, after many uh, texted me, I, I started taking pictures. As you can see, there are a lot of pictures of of parts at the um, lit meet. So after he texted me, I was like, okay, well, I better start preparing for this thing. Yeah, I and, forgot uh, the lit, lit show was this past weekend, and I started seeing <laughs> pictures on my social media, and I was like, oh, yeah. wow, it, it is this weekend. And then I remember, I said, you have to be going to this. And it's it's also right. a great place to see the who's who in Porsche, uh, either at the shops or there. You know, I just saw John Wilhoyt in the background. You see Jeff mm -hmm. Schwartz. Yeah, he's, you see, you he's, see, he's uh, you there see, walking. Yeah, yeah, you see all these people that, you know, big names um, in the Porsche world that, you know, they're true enthusiasts coming to see Shouldn't all the we have a podcast table there? We probably could. <laughs> the problem is just timing it's and travel. Busy. Time I'm always available. In the middle, always of, available. middle of February in, in Maryland. You will not find about. Manny at the at the podcast. I know he'll, he'll be, be, he'll be like, shopping. What podcast? He'd be shopping. <laughs> it's <laughs> called remote broadcasting. Uh huh. Yeah. So the, year, the year I went, it had to be over. Wow, well, I'm gonna say uh, 25 years ago, maybe. But what I remember was uh, Jerry Seinfeld had just purchased that Speedster that was really um, ragged out looking. And he paid like top dollar, but it was all original. It was a driver, but he had parked it in the front of the Hilton. So everyone who saw it uh, walked by it. And I remember people were just scratching their heads saying, how could he spend this much money? Uh, which is like nothing now when you look back right. on it, on this car that uh, and it, everyone could not understand why he bought this car and paid so much money for it. Of course, now we look back and we realize he's a genius. He's a genius because yeah. this is before the word patina became popular yep. uh, but i just remember that and the fact that um there wasn't anything cheap at the uh at the uh, lip meet uh but uh like yoko pointed out it was very rare things things i had never mm -hmm. seen before so i would tell people if you're looking to get things really inexpensive that you're not going to find it there but if you're looking to find something that you've never seen before or you only read about this is where you're going to find it when you went was it one ballroom or two ballrooms I can't remember. Nothing near the size. It's probably like at least half the size of what it is now. Yeah. But I, what I do remember, what I would love to get into, the real serious collectors meet the day before or the night before, and they do it in hotel rooms within the Hilton. And it's just like you would imagine. They show up with briefcases and everything. You would think they're dealing cocaine with John DeLorean <laughs> or something. 
they're opening these briefcases, you know, and huddling through, and that all the major deals are done the day before in in the person, but uh, in cl- behind closed doors. And what I've heard is people choose to become a vendor so that they can show up for setup. Well, you and, can pay an early bird uh, entry well, that's, fee. That's even Correct. before that. Yes. Yeah. Even before even, that. Even because before. You, yeah, yeah. Because you, you start setting in, up at if five. You, if you go at, as a vendor, you set up at five and put the two things that you're selling, and then you get to walk the floor while other people are setting up. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much with any swap meet, especially outdoor ones. The real serious people yeah. get there uh, at, at uh, before dawn and uh, are picking through things as people are literally taking it out of, out of their truck or their uh, SUV. And uh, then they usually take it and resell it somewhere else in the swap meet <laughs> uh, yeah, later yeah. on in the day. Well, you know, I, we've, we've held a couple of our uh, garage sales. And, you know, when you put it in the paper, so many times people show up to your house the day before and we're like, the garage sale is tomorrow on Saturday. They're like, oh, no, we just wanted to just take a look at the inventory and see uh-huh. if there's anything. I'm like, uh-huh. man, y'all are some serious, <laughs> serious shoppers to go out to the address the day before. But, yeah, I mean, if, right. if you're looking to you know score something super rare or get a good deal, I mean, yeah, there's some serious shoppers out there. Hate to be macabre, but it's not but you, always. You find out when a collector's died. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hit their trash can the week after. So Ilko, um, transition if you don't mind, uh, because you, you've helped out with this too. Is uh, we got to do some fun things with Project Nine Six Four uh, last podcast. We talked about the KW suspension, which you know went on quite smoothly thanks to the folks at TPC, <laughs> despite us being there. <laughs> they, I think he let me take the wheels off, and that was about it. He's like, move aside and let me do my thing. The look thing. he had for Vu when Vu showed up in his overalls all pretty and everything. <laughs> and he's and I have my gloves on and everything. He's like, dude, I've tried gloves and yeah, I'm not wearing gloves yeah. anymore. Um, grease is just embedded forever. Yeah. Um, but that you know the, all of that went in. It's amazing how much the uh, and we talked about it on the last one too is how much just ride height transforms the look of the car. Um, but then Manny. Um, proceeded on to uh, the next couple of pieces uh, for the Project 964, and that was putting in the uh, Recaro seats, um, the front seats, and then Ilko sent over because he had uh, the rear seats uh, made uh, with matching material. And did we find, like, the, the who material? Was, well, who was that Ilko that donated the rear seats? Cause we wanted to keep the so, original seats uh, original, so we kept those. Right. So the rear seats were donated to us by Audubon Dismantler and um, they are the company that uh, Singer sends all the leftover parts from the 964s that they reimagine. Oh wow! So Autobahn, that's the one in um, El Cajon, or San that's Diego, the one right? in El Cajon. That's yeah, where I sold my 944 S2, and somebody got a running, driving, perfectly mechanically healthy S2 for like yeah, they've been thirty five hundred bucks. They've <laughs> wow. been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they, they they gave me a tour of the facility, and actually, I sent some photos to Robert. I don't know if uh, he'll be able to show them, but um, there's so many 964 parts there. Uh, they said that they had at least 140 cars worth of parts. Wow. Well, if you haven't and, seen it yet, uh, Top Gear just released a video. You can find it on YouTube right. of the Singer uh, assembly um, building. And uh, what you just said, I didn't realize it was uh, Autobahn that did this, but wow. Um, how do you recondition the parts is just uh, breathtaking. Yeah. 
absolutely absolutely it's uh, it's it's amazing and and i'm i feel at the same i have mixed feelings about it because you see these cars and i looked at look at looked at the parts i looked at the bumpers i looked at the fenders i looked at the interior pieces and they're good cars yeah that were um Taken apart disassembled and yeah so in the video that uh, Manny referred to, they say that they are limiting the production to 450 cars. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's yeah, you're torn. It, yeah, because, like I said, I have mixed mixed feelings about yeah, this. Yeah. It's one less stock original 964 in the planet. <laughs> in, in one of the years the 964 was produced, or I should say, sold in in the U.S., wasn't there? Isn't 450 like more than half of one of the model years sold in the U.S.? Uh, like, it would probably be 94, maybe, or 94. 90, yeah, 94 models, has very few lowest, cars yeah. sold. Yeah, But it's still, uh, I mean, uh, in the scheme of things, how uh, what compared to today, yes, production is very, very low. Uh, but we're not talking about 10 or, 100, or even 100 cars they made. They made more than that. Um, and and I, I refuse to believe that Singer is affecting the price of 964s um, because, like Ilko said, it's 400 of them. They, that's... It's not like they wiped out the entire 964 inventory any more than Gunther Works is wiping out the 993 right. uh, inventory. Uh, it's just that Porsche didn't make a whole lot because they couldn't sell them. They were mm -hmm. so expensive mm -hmm. because of the exchange rate and the economy. So, uh, but so uh, the, the, if you haven't seen the video, it's worth watching. It's really incredible how much they've invested into this assembly plant and uh, how, uh, how, once again, how they recondition these parts. It's gives me hope because if you need trailing arms or something hopefully that'll make it down to the secondary market yeah damon you should put that video in uh today's e-break news the, yeah for sure the, the singer video just so i don't forget <clears throat> so once we got the seats in the next thing we were waiting for were the beautiful bronze what's the official color uh hre wheels that were to go on the car frozen champagne frozen champagne it's fancy and i gotta say i was sweating out we got the tires in from Pirelli, and you know how they look huge yeah. when you uh, when you're holding them in your hands. And I'm going, wow, these are never going to fit in my car. In the car, even though they're the same size I used in my track car for 964, I was like, wow, you know, in the they track car they were so tight. I remember, uh, but I didn't have the exact right offsets on my track car. I had to use spacers, so um, you couldn't even put a credit card between the fender and the tire. Uh, it's not close, but it never rubbed. But I was very nervous about this, and so when we got him back from having him mounted, um, we rolled the car, and there was no rubbing, so... It yeah, like, it, fit, oh, it fit perfectly. But, um, we haven't tried turning the car yet. Yeah. <laughs> so so before before we, you go on about that, so I I, I, I took Bogdan with me to uh, Benchmark Motors, because I thought it'd be a, uh, a learning opportunity for him. Um, he's never really watched a wheel... Uh, and tire uh, being mounted. He thinks the tires are born on wheels. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, his eyes were just, you know, wide open. And and what I told him was, you know, you can buy the best tires and best wheels. And one, if you don't have someone that takes care of mounting them, like you can you know, scratch them up and do this that, and the other. But, you know, if you don't have someone that has the right equipment or has the know-how to properly mount a tire, you know, you can buy a great tire, and if it's not mounted right, it could ride terrible. And um, uh, shout out to Danny at Benchmark. They have the uh, the Road Force uh, mounting system, and 
you know, just picking up the rim, uh, throwing on, you know, the the things that fasten the wheel down. Like he took extra care. He, you know, wiped things off. He, you know, marked the, you know, some tires have certain positions that it needs to, to be on the wheel, um, you know, some people don't even replace valve stems in this case of course we installed new valve stems but when he does it he always replaces valve stems if there's you know any sort of um any sort of uh oxidation where the uh the 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 tire bead sits on he grinds that down like people just think oh a seven dollar mounting job at whatever gas station is the same it really isn't if you have nice wheels nice tires Hopefully you have someone nearby you that can treat them with kid gloves and have the know know how to properly mount them because it makes all the difference in the world. And uh, Bogdan, his you know him watching all that happen, he was like, wow. And then how to place the wheel weights? Like some people just peel the tape and throw the wheel uh, the wheel weight onto the wheel. Nope, you don't do that. If you want it to fit to the curvature of the wheel, you kind of have to like break the 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 little weights a little bit so that way they bend more and then they take on the curve of the wheel so it's just little details like that that i wanted him to see and he did some um some social media takes for it so hopefully you'll see some of that stuff soon uh, oh and by the way congratulations to bogdan because uh we've had our first pca instagram post that crested over 1 million views. Yeah, I was a cin wow. cinematographer for wow. that. You that were. Place. You should get cinematography <laughs> credits for it. So congratulations well to him. Which one is that? It's the, it's the bathroom a, one. It's the bathroom one. And uh, it sounds funny because we're talking about Manny videoing Bogdan in the bathroom, but it's not like that. Just um, <laughs> the way you said it, uh, why would you think that? Uh, but it's, it, and it's, it's funny. And the, the whole Instagram world, I, you know, I, I am first to tell you that I'm not in tune with all of the trends, but he is, and he's studying it and he's, and he's choosing things um, based on, you know, other data, so on and so forth. But it's basically a video where he's washing his hands. His phone is next to the sink. And when water's, you know, splashes on the screen the screen just kind of goes crazy and it does all this porsche stuff and uh, accidentally buys a car or something like that and um, you know i thought it was cool but did i think it was going to be one million views cool <laughs> nope um and and quickly behind that is one that actually one of my favorites is um the breaking bad um <laughs> instagram post i think that one's close to eight hundred fifty thousand views now so yeah. big things on pca's instagram page if you haven't checked it out and if you're not on instagram there's a lot less noise on instagram if you just look like cool pictures and cool reels and stuff like that i encourage you to check that out all right uh let's see you want to talk about upcoming videos damon yeah so uh by the time you listen to this we'll have a video out um it's being published today on Tuesday, actually, of a local member who dropped off his 1968 911L and is having his Porsche dealership that he uses, Porsche Hunt Valley, sell it, and he picked up a brand new Sport Classic and drove it home. So uh, it's just a little short piece, just over six minutes, that um, details why Jim is in the club, um, you know, what he enjoys about his Porsches and what made him think, you know, I'm going to trade this early 911, super nice, um, nice to drive it looks like, and he dri drove it a lot uh, for a brand new 911. Mm. So uh, pretty cool video. 
Um, and just uh, so you, you all know, um, it's not uh, 911L was not the only air cooled Porsche that he has. So he, he it's not the only one. He's not yeah. getting rid of his air cooled Porsche um, for a new 911. It's just part of a, a small collection. But a really cool video, really cool uh, guy, and you'll see him, I believe, with his. He's not driving the Sport Classic, I don't think, this time. He's driving a um, there's a 911 Turbo, an early 77. Mm. So if you're at works, I believe it's that green one. It, many might, might know the color. Um, Jim Robert. Oh, it's uh, it's that light green. Well, no, I thought he was bringing the uh, glacier blue one. Or glacier blue, that yeah. is. Yep. So I'm thinking yeah. of the wrong Turbo then. <laughs> Yeah, so you bring in an early uh, early 911 Long Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what's the one? Uh, now you're going to make me think about the uh, one that uh, <laughs> the green turbo. He brought that before to works. Yeah, he actually yeah, we, drove it down the yeah, works and back yeah. again. Yeah, he's driving that Glacier Blue Turbo down right now, actually. So. No, it's being transported. It's being transported. Yes, okay. It hits the spot that our 964 was supposed to be on. Oh, I which see. Which is why Lou and Manny are doing the road trip on. Uh, with Thelma and Louising with the 964 <laughs> behind us. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, we have that. Um, and as I noted earlier, um, you'll have noticed there was no one-mile review on Saturday. That's because we are now at a bi-weekly format. So Cayenne uh, Platinum Edition 2022 model will be March 11th. Um, soon after, we have 718 GT4 versus uh, the first-gen GT4. That'll be on March 25th. Um, we're actually filming a couple one-mile reviews, and this will probably turn out to be a, a comparison one-mile review again with uh, Gurney Eagle and his uh, 718 and another member 718. One's a Boxer GTS 4.0, one's a Cayman S. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, flat four turbo charge car feels like compared to the four-liter naturally aspirated car. Cool. Yeah. And you dropped GT3 RS and the diesel videos. Yes, and the diesel videos, uh, or I should say diesel one-mile reviews on, on Saturday, um, which is out as you are. So that would have been Saturday the, the 25th of, uh, or 18th of, gosh, I'm getting all mixed up here. Saturday the 25th of February, we, we dropped the Cayenne diesel one-mile review. And uh, I know it's not the most exciting car, but um, it's nice to know that Porsche makes great daily drivers. And you can always drive a Porsche around year-round, you know, in the city, uh, in the country, but a diesel will get you better gas mileage. You can tow your race car, or if you have a race car, uh, it's a great vehicle. Um, it's owned by a longtime PCA member. Check it out. It's his favorite car that he owns right now. Um, it's kind of sad, diesel. though, because it's the last of its kind. It's the last of its kind, yeah. so you better uh, hold on to that. Yeah. And then uh, the video with Michael Tam was dropped last week, right? Yep. Um, that was on Tuesday. I keep forgetting... Uh, well, we must have covered that in our last podcast, right? Because we've recorded it on, oh, right, right, on right. Wednesday. But yeah, we dropped a GT3 RS video where we went under it at Tech Tactics East. And so why was there so much hate for Michael on some of the comments on that video? Where he used we, as in, you know, he works for Porsche. He's talking about what Porsche the company has done to make that car. But Come he, on, give him a he, break. He absolutely should be using we because he... Yeah. What he does is he studies the U.S. 
market yeah. mm-hmm. and things that we ask for, he gets. he's literally the guy that goes back to AG and say, hey, can we do this? So when he uses we, he's using it absolutely appropriately. So it's not just the engineers just who bring know. cars to market. Yeah. It's the whole company. It's the marketing side. Uh, Michael Tam happens to be a mechanical engineer, yeah. uh, but he had a calling for um, the PR side. Oh, so yeah. so our, our past president is an engineer, Tom, mm-hmm. and he will tell you that when he goes uh, to trade shows, uh, the company sends, if you will, a Michael Tam with him mm-hmm. so uh, they can explain in layman's terms mm-hmm. what the company does because if Tom explains it only, another engineer may understand. But your eyes will glaze but over the, if you're uh, not. the person who's doing purchasing may not. Right. And so uh, I think Michael Tam, who's an engineer himself, is very good at uh, – uh, giving us the cool tidbits about the car that we may not have seen or read about yet. And, uh, yeah, I was surprised to see people asking, like, who is he and what? why is he doing this? And, and You know, maybe it's sometimes when he's addressing folks that maybe more of his engineering side comes out of it and people aren't prepared to get sort of that answer. But I don't know. I mean, we've known him for a long time. and uh, We specifically requested yeah, him to he come. Is, he is one of the biggest enthusiast that i know yeah he will you know he'll get a competitor's car and do tests you know 25 times just to compare it to porsche and you know he again he carries the message uh from the market here back to ag he he yeah he, he does so much for pca and for the brand he can use we all day long for- i'll put it put, put it in perspective at the la auto show i remember telling damon i'm like let's wait till tomorrow to see him because michael tan's supposed to show up yeah we'll do the video with him because the people they had were marketing people mm-hmm. and i i could hear their, their responses to questions and whatnot and i oh, said yeah. you know what michael's gonna have i just know it he's gonna have the tidbits which he did yeah uh, that people are going to enjoy about the car the technical side and uh uh There's- you know that's that's why we asked for michael so if you see something with michael tam uh, be happy that we got him. Right, right. It's nothing worse than interviewing someone that just simply studied the brochure <laughs> or the press release. Michael Dam knows way more than that. So again, thank you, Michael, for spending your weekend with us and giving us insight. A lot of the stuff that you shared on that video was stuff that you've never heard before. Yep. Um, we're gonna have to move it along because I got a call in like four minutes with AG. By the way, we, we, we can finish. You guys can finish. You. you can finish it. I'm gonna leave. So you guys finish it. Take off with uh, the news. Uh, so, uh, let's see. For uh, news, uh, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, do you ski, Elko? I think you ski, right? I, I do ski. Uh, I, yeah. Did I you do. see this? The, uh, uh, the col- collaboration they have with uh, Head, which is a uh, – I'm not a skier, so, uh, but I thought yeah, it was I saw, pretty cool. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. It's pretty cool. Uh, they don't mention prices. Of course not. So, uh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about – you know, buying a, a set of skis that. Uh, so here, here's my question they, again. It came up last week, but when is Porsche getting into the uh, bobsled market, like BMW? That would be awesome. Yeah, they're, they're the just Olympics. like towing around on skis and now surfboards, but no bobsled. <laughs> a, well, maybe the market see. is not big enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you're right, Elko. Well, forget the market. I wanted the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See them uh, Porsche design. Porsche versus BM- BMW at the Olympics. Yes, that would be amazing. That would be very cool. Porsche, yeah, since listening? Formula One didn't work out, let's try the Olympics next. <laughs> hey, it's got to be cheaper. It's got to be much cheaper than yeah. uh, than Formula One. Um, speaking of which, hopefully everyone's watching uh, the new season of Drive to Survive. I have uh, conditioned myself to watch one episode per night because normally I'm up to like four in the morning watching the whole season. 
Have you yeah. started watching it? I finished it. No, actually, I have not even. I don't even plan to watch it. I'm excited for the season. Oh, you should. It's, it's, it's very big of a fan as anyone, but so I don't here, know. Here, here's my take on it, Ilko. I, you you don't have to watch it now. So I've always been into Formula One from a sort of fringe level, but I didn't. I started paying more attention to it after the first two or three seasons of Drive to Drive to Survive. Like I'm I'm one of those people. Um, but now that I've paid a lot closer attention to the 2022 season, um, I still don't watch the races. I don't have access to those races, but I watch all the YouTube recaps and highlights and read the news there. You don't really they're learn much ES- new. They're, they're on ESPN. I don't have ESPN. Oh, wow. I don't have cable. So, <laughs> Hey guys, yeah. guys, we can do this in on Saturday nights at Amelia Island because I have F1 TV down. pro on my computer. You come in and we can watch the uh, qualifying because that's going to be the first real test. Well, we the can, best we part can... of Drive Survive that I like is uh, they, you know, you know what you know what happens with all the uh, silly season and the driver changes and where right. everyone goes. Uh, but you hear the conversations, and of course they know the cameras are running. But you hear these very frank conversations about these drivers, how if they don't perform, they're going to make changes. And I would imagine there's got to be a certain cringe factor from both sides, the management and the driver. Uh, hearing, uh, you know, from the driver, hearing them talk about, if you're a driver, you get to hear people talk about you after the fact of, uh, you know, um, how they made their choices to go somewhere else. And, and, uh, they have the whole Oscar Piastri, uh, uh, saga going on. And, uh, it's, um, from that part, yeah, it's a little bit soap opera-ish, yeah. uh, but it's still very, uh, uh, it's very fascinating. Yeah, that's I saw the exchange that they had, the, the team principals, when Total Wolf and Christian Horner started yelling at each other. That I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, I just finished <laughs> yeah, well, I, with, I just, uh, with AlphaTauri that season. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just saw a, a clip on online, and it just it looked so much like the Real Housewives type of show that uh, it kind of turned me off. It, it's I, I starting like the, to feel like that compared to the I'll earlier seasons. It. You guys, you guys don't realize. Uh, that the drought there was with Formula One and getting any kind of information. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember uh, there used to be the, you have to go to Washington, D.C. to a bar at eight in the morning to be able to watch an F1 race because it just wasn't anywhere on TV. Well, otherwise, you read about it like three weeks later in, in a paper or a magazine. So I'll take anything I can get when it comes to F1, even if it's uh, the housewives of F1. Which I would watch. I know, <laughs> I know. But the thing is, they're they're really good podcasts now that you can watch, um, that you can listen to on, on uh, with real journalists who actually know what's going on, and it's not put on for show for Netflix. I so, like Will Boston uh, telling me the obvious. That's yeah. part of the charm. Yeah. Well, of, well, think of about this. To, to get Red Bull um, and Max Verstappen and Checo and all that. I mean, Christian Horner has always been, you know, he he's game for talking about. Uh, his team and drivers on on Drive to Survive, but Max Verstappen didn't want to until Max was able to tell his story on his terms, which this last season five, it's not quite as edgy and raw as it was in the past because you you can Mm -hmm. tell that you've got the more hands in the bucket. It's not as journalistic, shall we say. I mean, I don't believe for a minute that it's like the cameras are running and there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, But still, it's once again, uh, it gives you unprecedented access for F1. Mm -hmm. Uh, For NASCAR, not such a big deal. For IMSA, not such a big deal. But for Mm -hmm. F1, that was so tightly, uh, you know, uh, monitored. This is still um, uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, on to, uh, well, speaking of racing, um, we got to see um, Jim Hemmick, the number one Formula E fan that I know of. Um, the only one that I know of. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but he, he's bringing more people in the office. So he hooked up the uh, the projector yesterday at lunch, and we got to see the um, the highlights of the race of Porsche, who's doing very well this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it San Bacosta? Uh, yep, yep. Who, who won... Um, uh, with a, uh, a pretty amazing, amazing pass at the end mm-hmm. there, and uh, so it's a little confusing if you're not sure what you're when you're watching it first because there's zones where they can get extra boost, extra power, or extra uh, I guess battery. Um, yeah, you go offline and you have to go all the way offline onto this looks like a painted pad. It's and, almost like real life Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like a boost area, so you go out and you have to do it. I think twice per race. If, if uh, what Jim was saying, if I remember correctly, so you have to go offline, but you get a power boost. And I believe DaCosta went offline to get onto that power boost pad, but he didn't have all four wheels on it. Yeah, and so it didn't get, didn't register. Yeah, so he made the pass, I think, or he was in front already. He didn't go all the way onto that boost pad. Then when he went to go boost, it wouldn't happen. He had to do it again. In the meantime, he was passed, and then he passed that leader again to take the race. It was thrilling, thrilling race. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, you can YouTube it. It's a, uh, I will give, give formally this much. They do have exciting races and mm-hmm. they're very, uh, very close. Plus, uh, you can see how much battery is left in each car. Um, uh, and you're watching these things are finishing with zero percent or one yeah. percent battery. They must be coasting across the line, right? Yeah, I, I, the same stress <laughs> I have with my phone when it gets down to one percent, I can imagine what the drivers must be going through. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, uh, at least Porsche is doing very well with their uh, Formula E this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing with the racing that was just announced was that Porsche is going to field a third car for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Now, for those who are having trouble keeping track, which I can understand. Uh, Penske is fielding a team in uh, Europe that runs the WEC, and they field a team in North America, which runs IMSA. Now, these are two different teams that are running two different sets of drivers. The cars look identical. The cars really are identical, uh, but they're two different teams. Uh, We're going to see them together, uh, at least together at the same racetrack at um, the uh, Super Sebring event which uh they run friday the wc for a thousand miles or i think eight hours and uh, then on saturday imsa runs the 12 hours of sebring with uh you know the north american team but for uh lama they've added a third car and the third car is going to be the north american team uh, so far they've only announced that um felipe nasser will be mm-hmm. driving and they said the other two uh, two drivers will be uh, announced so i would imagine they're going to look at the performance of the other two North American team drivers and see who uh, who qualifies. Hopefully Nick Tandy. He's always been a favorite of mine, and he's a former Lama winner. Yeah. Uh, but they have a uh, – they are, they are, I think, they're going to go all out just like they did the 919 because they want to win Porsche's 20th Lama, overall Lama, on their 75th anniversary. Yeah, they're pulling out all the, all the stops, sounds like. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be a fun race to, uh, to watch uh, this coming June. And I hopefully think, uh, they get their reliability in order by then, because what, yes, they, what we Sebring, saw in, in Daytona it's, was not good. No, and this was uh, something when I did a uh, little article about the testing, that was their main concern. That was a big theme during testing was reliability, not just for Porsche, but for all the teams. There was mm-hmm, a great mm-hmm. unknown when it came to the, uh, uh, to the uh, hybrid drivetrain and software. And we saw a little bit of that, about that when uh, during the race when uh, Felipe Nasser's car just shut off. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, they were able to control, alternate the lead for lack of a better term and get it restarted. But it was still, um, yeah, it's not a mechanical issue. It's, uh, it's like software. I mean, there are mechanical issues yeah. that happen during a race, but yeah, this is going to be, uh, um, and you would think, I think they say 12 hours at Sebring is equivalent to 24 hours anywhere else because of you know, yeah, such how a punishing bumpy. track. <laughs> so bumpy. It is right. Drive. Yeah, exactly. Turn 17 in itself, I think you skip over like a, uh, a stone on a pond. Um, but that'll be fun to watch. I'll be down there covering it for uh, Panorama. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Hopefully it'll be nice and dry. Is, uh, are Cadillac and Acura going to Le Mans? Cadillac is. Uh, I haven't seen Cadillac is. Acura, okay. but yes, Cadillac is. And Cadillac's also running, I believe, at the uh, Sebring uh, uh, 1000 mile race. 1000 kilometer? Yeah. yeah. Is it kilometers or miles? I think it's kilometers. Kilometers, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the last thing was um, Porsche has updated their. Uh, their roads app, which is a um, a way you can uh, find uh, fun roads to drive. You can actually put your um, parameters of what you're looking for for a road. And, of course, it's user-based, uh, so uh, the more input they get, the better uh, uh, the roads uh, they can find. So um, have you used this, Oko? I have not used this yet. I have. I, yeah, I actually have the app, and I've, I've used it for several years now. We have a relationship with... Um, the, the people who produce the app at Porsche AG and uh, they've uh, advertised it with us for several years now. And this is a big step for them. They, they made a, a huge uh, improvement on the app last year, and this is another big step for them. Um, and I didn't know about the news uh, on the app, but I've, since I've been using it, I've created several roads um, over the, um, not just in the San Diego area, but when I lived in New York, I had, created some some routes there and the tail of the dragon when I when I went down there. So this past few days, I've been getting these notifications on my phone that somebody liked my route and somebody commented. So obviously, all this news is helping them create uh, new um, users. Yeah, they're so, using AI now and you can really mm-hmm. tailor it. Uh, you know, you probably guess what type of roads you're looking for. I don't know. I wonder if they incorporate it like a, I want I want roads near Waffle Houses. Yeah. Or, or in and out, or, or you know, your favorite. Well, you have to food. download the app and find out. <laughs> yeah, and find I, out. I can't wait to the driving season because I want to play with it and see what it's like. And I know uh, PCA regions are always looking to uh, for tour uh, routes, so this should be uh, very helpful. That if fellow Porsche owners uh, give it a thumbs up, then it's worth trying. Right. All right. Uh, anything else, Damon? I think I'm good. All right, so uh, for for us, even though the listeners will be hearing this after uh, Emilio, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of stories. Elko will be down there. Um, are you going to the Guardians of the Galaxy dinner? <laughs> what's that? The Guardians of the... It has the longest title of a dinner. I think it's... What's it? The Guardians of the Mark. It's Guardian Makers dinner. It's... Um, I just call it the Guardians dinner. I'm sure because I, I didn't get invited. It's a $400 a dinner, and I've been there before. Uh, they give you five courses, I think. I just remember like five that. glasses of wine, and they would work your way down. My <laughs> my wife used to love coming because even though she doesn't drink a whole lot of wine, she liked that pairing, and she would tell me never to turn away to wine because I'm not a wine drinker. And, um, yeah, I was driving home that event all the, all the time because uh, after the third glass of wine, there was no way she was going to get behind a wheel. But great food, <laughs> most of all, great people because it's all Porsche. 
So they always had an interesting guest speaker, and the whole room was filled with Porsche people. But I guess you're not going, Elko, either. No, no, so, not this time. Uh, we'll be at the uh, at the PCA uh, staff dinner probably. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, hopefully yep. we'll come with a lot of photographs, a lot of uh, stories, and uh, whatnot about our adventures. Uh, let's see. Thanks for listening. If you're a current PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN handy, and those of you who don't currently own a Porsche, check out the Test Drive program. Just go to www.pca.org, pca.org, and you'll see all the sign-up info. Uh, remember to follow our podcast Instagram page to see behind-the-scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can send us an email or message us at podcast at pca.org, or simply comment on our YouTube podcast video. Until then, stay safe and we'll catch you on the road.